This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I'm Glenn Geek from Ocala, Florida, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June the 7th, episode number 2698. This episode is brought to you by Kemen Equine. Good morning, horse world. It's Monday. Monday is my favorite time of year. This is Horses in the Morning with your lovable hosts, Jamie Jennings. I am the queen. You listen to me. I'm sorry that people are so jealous of me, but I can't help it that I'm popular. Glenn the Geek. You look especially radiant today, Your Grace. I'm going to do a terrific show today because I'm good enough, and doggone it, people like me. Happy Monday. from Ocala, Florida, but I'm not currently there. We are in Aiken, South Carolina, and we are at the Aiken Saddlery. I'm so excited to be here, and the person who owns and operates Aiken Saddlery is apparently a long-lost relative of mine. Her name is Amy Hebert. Hi, Amy. Hi, Glenn. Thank you for having us, and we're very glad that you're here in Aiken. Well, we're so much fun to be here, and we got to spend the day with you yesterday. We're going to talk a little about what happened yesterday. We had a fun-filled day yesterday. But we have a whole lot planned for the show today. As you all know, uh, we went on the road. We are doing our first test trip for the road show that we're going to be doing this summer. We're going to be going five weeks into July into September. We're going to be hitting 14 states and staying at multiple listener farms. Our goal is to get out and meet as many listeners as possible, actually go to them. And we thought, you know, to do that, we better test all the systems. So we're doing this test week, and we started out in Ocala on Saturday morning, and we drove six hours. One hour of that was lost. And we drove <laughs> six, six hours. Thanks, Google. We drove six hours into Georgia to one of our listeners by the name of Alex. You're going to hear an interview with her later. And her friend Courtney was there, one of, one of our other terrific auditors. Uh, and they're in Midville, Georgia. So what we did, we want to get off the main roads as much as possible when we're doing this trip. Highways and byways of the USA. We've seen them all. They all look the same, right? <laughs> uh, so we wanted to get to the back roads. So we took Route 75 up to just before Georgia, and we got on the back roads and did the next 220 miles on the back roads through Georgia. You are brave souls. Yes. <laughs> it was interesting. Uh, we we uh, saw a lot of peanuts uh, growing. We saw a lot of cotton growing. We saw a lot of corn growing. There is a lot of things growing in Georgia. It was mostly Georgia farmland. Is very, South Georgia is very pretty agricultural. We saw Man. some deer. We saw a lot of buzzards. Did um, you have any good barbecue? They're well, known for I'll their barbecue. I'll well, get to I'm that. Jumping yeah, the gun. you're jumping the gun. So we saw a lot of buzzards. Um, a, a lot of buzzards for some reason in Georgia. Uh, and it then, was a penal colony originally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then we saw a lot of uh, redneck trucks. There were a lot of redneck trucks in Georgia. Was, I will throw that in there. I, uh, I think that's a prerequisite. Yeah. <laughs> big truck. Big trucks. So we went uh, to Midville. We finally got there and finally got to Alex's beautiful farm. And they had us park the RV overlooking the pond 
in the pool. It was just beautiful. You've had some choice spots yes, to park your have. RV these past few days. We have, and we're going to hear from them. We're going to talk a lot about their beautiful place. One thing we didn't touch on is her husband's a farmer, and they're fairly young. They're probably late 20s, early 30s. Good for them. And he farms uh, almost 6,500 acres. That's a lot of acreage. It, they are doing peanuts and cotton and all the things. They own the, the cotton mill and everything. So it's it's really cool. And the town it's quite is... quite an endeavor for them. It is. A lot of hard work. It's just, you know, being farmers farmer, just a hard Farming hard is hard work. work. But yeah. we need them. Yeah, we, we need them. We all need them. Yep. Yay, farmers. Support Those your local farmers. Those peanuts that you get, he's growing them. So, Good. <laughs> so that uh, was a lot of fun, and we're going to hear from them. So we have a bunch of things planned for you on today's show. Uh, we have, obviously, we're going to be talking more to Amy here in Aiken Saddle. You have a couple guests coming up right here on location here. And you guys would love this setting. Jennifer was going to take some pictures. We are amongst the clothing here in Aiken Saddle <laughs> right now. And we're nestled between yes. the Espar shirts and the uh, raincoats. There you go. <laughs> Which we needed yesterday. Yes, uh, and we have some. We have the listener interviews that we did in in Georgia, and we have some friends that are stopping by here today during the show that we're going to be spending the day with later. So we have a whole bunch planned for you here from Aiken, which is the most beautiful town. But first, as always, we have to do some daily winnies, and my daily winnie today. I do not have the birthday sounds. Oh, I do. Here we go. Now, all of you auditors were thinking, oh, he's going to be on the road and I won't get my birthday named. You're all wrong. I'm going to do it while on the road. And we have auditor birthdays, Kayla Perry, Gina Moronic, uh, Elizabeth Lacoste, and also raising pledges in this past week uh, were Courtney Dew and Lisa Glasgow. So uh, thank you for raising your pledges. And and actually, Courtney, you're going to hear from a little bit later. And at dinner that night, she said, my pledge is not high enough. So she went on and put some his and raised her pledge. Thank you, Courtney. You didn't have to do that. Well done. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your store. Tell us a little bit about it. We, Aiken Saddlery itself has been here since 1979. And my husband, Charles, and I bought the business, uh, well, seven years in August. We'll have owned it. Uh, Tell everybody be- what you did before. Uh, I worked at the racetrack. I was at Monmouth Park for 25 years, galloped racehorses, had an assistant trainer's license, and I rode amateur flat races all over the world. Did you ever jockey once? I did. A race? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Many times. Yeah. As an amateur, not as a professional. I've ridden up and down the East Coast, got to ride at Arlington Park right before the Breeders' Cup, which was beautiful, and I've been overseas to Russia, Italy, oh, wow. France, Switzerland, England, um, Sicily. It was fantastic. Um, Amateur Riders Club of the Americas, which is a group that's run governed by the Fagentry, which is the Federation of Gentlemen Cavaliers in Europe. So I was very, very lucky to get to do all this. You've things. done a lot in your I life. I have done a lot. <laughs> it was fun. What made you want to buy a tax shop? You were buying yours about the time we were getting out of it. <laughs> we were in the right place at the right time. Um, my husband had wanted us to relocate from New Jersey down here, and our neighbor knew the owner, and it just, I grew up in a retail setting. And it kind of all fell into place. And what has surprised you about owning a tax shop? How busy we are. Yeah? It's extremely busy. I think we ended up in Aiken as it started to 
to bloom and grow. And the, you know, I kind of thought, well, it'll take five years and it'll kind of be nice and easy. But we've just more and more people come in the door that are new. More and more people are moving here. More and more horses are coming here. More horse shows, more events, more driving, more dressage. Even with COVID happening, um, it seems like the horse industry here in Aiken is, is booming. Well, we, um, I had been here once before for the American Driving Society. We came up, Wendy, when, Dr. Wendy and I came up, and we brought the carriage, Herb Carriage and Horses up. And we did the carriage drive through Aiken. And what, there were probably maybe 30, 40 carriages at, at that drive. And we were, drove through downtown. And what is the street, that, just off of where you live, you have a beautiful house, by the way, uh, right off where you live, that, Oakline Street that you go on South Boundary. South oh Boundary God, is... Oh, my God. That has to be one of the most beautiful roads in America. Gorgeous street. And all the time, there's people taking pictures out there. You know, you try to drive well, by. There's graduates. There's trees, weddings. Right? They are live oaks. Live oaks, and they come over the road. They make they a canopy. Come, they make a canopy. Oh, it is such a beautiful canopy. And then the houses. All the houses along that old part of town are, what, 1920s? It, late 1800s, early 1900s. Yeah, which is what makes this... I got to say, we've been to Norco, California, Horsetown, USA. We've been, we lived in Lexington. We live in Ocala. We live in Ocala. We've been to a lot of the horse towns in this country doing this job. This is one of the quaintest because the, all the old architecture is beautiful and, and this, uh, all the oak trees are still there. And Aiken has been preserved historically. The, the houses that were built were built very aesthetically pleasing. There's beautiful brick walls downtown. We have a horse district in town where the roads are dirt and most of the houses have barns. Carriage houses. Carriage houses yeah. as well. Yes. And it is, we are very lucky to live here. And back to South Boundary for a minute. Um, a, just recently, an anonymous donor paid to have the trees trimmed, and then they decided to take the power lines and put them underground. So the the power oh. lines were kind of anti-tree. Yeah, tree well, trees and power lines wanted, don't get along. <laughs> you know, the power lines to stop. So someone actually, two, I think there were two different situations where money was donated. And the, so the power lines are now underground, and the trees are trimmed and can continue their wonderful, glorious life here. Because it is a very special place to be. It is cool. I, if you get a chance to go to Aiken, you definitely need to do that. Check out South Boundary. <laughs> and we'll talk more about what's here and what kind of riding's here and all of that stuff a little bit later in the show. But first... First, let's go back in time to like a day ago, <laughs> two days <Yesterday>. ago, <laughs> when we were in Georgia, in rural Georgia, and we got to meet our wonderful auditors, Alex Sandiford and Courtney Dew, and we, ha- we got to have a little chat with them, and I want you to hear that now. Thanks. Super. Well, we are so excited that in this first interview from the road on our official road show tour, we are with Alex and Courtney, are both auditors, and we're here in Midville, Georgia. And guys, it's thank you so much for having us here. Yeah, oh, absolutely. We've loved it. This has been so much fun. Well, we arrived yesterday. Before we get into learning more about you, which is what everybody wants to hear about, uh, we arrived yesterday, and uh, I have two things about driving through Georgia. So we drove up uh, on Route 75 in Florida and then got off in Florida and drove the back roads for 200-plus miles through Georgia. I mean back roads through Georgia. So one thing I have to ask you is, is there a state law that only Baptist churches are allowed in Georgia? Because we must have seen a 1,000 Baptist churches. We would churches. go through an intersection in the middle of nowhere, and there would literally be four different Baptist churches pointing the different directions of the compass. It was amazing. And they're all slightly different denominations. Every flavor in the rain, all of them. It's yes. great. 
And if you're in Midville, there also is a Methodist church. So we ah. only have a Baptist church and a Methodist church. So the Methodists are represented. They are. They are. We found one Jehovah's Witness. They're we represented. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it just depends on where you are in Georgia because closer to military installations, you get everything under the sun. And then even in Savannah, Savannah's got the big Catholic churches and, yeah. and lots of that. Yeah, but military installations are great for variety. Yes. Yeah. Especially food. Oh, that's the best part. That's the best part. <laughs> it always comes back to Yes, we always found at military installations, because her brother was in the military, we visited a lot of them. Right outside the gate is always pawn shops and strip clubs, and then once you get beyond that, it's regular stuff. Yes, <laughs> indeed. The essentials. Yes. <laughs> Although they have cut, cut down on a lot of the strip clubs. Fort uh, Benning is still pretty yeah. heavy, because that's infantry. Um, but around, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It all depends on what military installation you're at and what, the, what they do for a living. That will depend on what you have right outside the gate. That's <laughs> funny. really blow your mind. There used to be a strip club in Midville. What? In this little tiny yeah. town? We can talk about that later. This is a tiny town. <laughs> There's not even a red light in our town, but there is a strip club. <laughs> it's a, a stop sign town. Yes. 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 <laughs> so the other thing I, we have to complain about on our way up is we went, we were so excited because we went through Vidalia, Georgia. And, and for those of you that don't know, Vidalia is known for their very sweet onions. Hey. Glenn, yeah. I'm going to stop you one second. Oh, no. You it's, didn't pronounce it right. It's, it's Vidalia. 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 Is that right? <laughs> yes, okay. right. Well, her dad loves Vidalia onions. It's, she makes special trips here. Yes. <laughs> so we expected to see large fields full of onions, because I've never seen a large field full of onions before, and we didn't see one onion. Not an no. onion. Anywhere. Had you come a few weeks earlier, you'd have seen yeah. fields full of onions, oh, but really? you just missed the Vidalia Festival. They just oh, had an onion festival. You could have been in the parade. Do they do yeah. French onion soup at the Vidalia, or they is that too fancy everything. for Vidalia? They do everything. everything. You can find anything. They had barbecue. They had barbecued <laughs> onions, grilled onions, <laughs> you name it, and and all kinds of everything in between it's like a state fair but for onions oh that's funny that's (laughs) funny so you guys one of the things that i'm always fascinated fascinated by is our listeners have such cool jobs and we've met so many that have really cool jobs and you both have really cool jobs so let's start with alex tell everybody what you do hey um so my muggle job as i call it i'm actually a marketing manager uh for a company called blanchard equipment we are a John Deere dealer. We have 16 locations throughout Georgia and South Carolina. So I get to do some really cool things that are horsey related, such as sponsor events over in Aiken, South Carolina, like Stable View, Bruce's Field. But then also I work on our website, advertising, all things John Deere tractors, mowers, and all that good stuff. And it helps that my husband's a farmer. So we actually have John Deere equipment. So I get to test out okay. all my marketing. Let's talk about his equipment as opposed to everybody else's equipment. And I know that sounds bad, but um, his tractors are much bigger than our tractors. Yeah. Last night, Glenn said, oh, I saw the tractor out in the yard. That's probably the largest tractor that I've seen. I was like, no, that's our smallest tractor. <laughs> You'll have to, we'll have to take him over to the other side and show him some yeah, of the big so, equipment. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. With the oh, four it, wheels in the back. He's got to sit in a car- cotton harvester. Yeah. I'll have to see if it's out. Our cotton picker actually it looks like a transformer. It mm-hmm. folds all the way up. And so it actually, not only does it pick the cotton, but it also rolls the cotton up, packages it, and spits it out in the back all at the like same time. Like a bale of hay. Mm-hmm. Like a bale of hay. Yeah. It's like a massive cotton baler. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. And, and uh, most of the fields I think we saw on the way in are yours. Correct. Yes. We, my husband has around 1,100 acres. Um, and then in total, he and my father-in-law have just over, I think, 6,000 acres. That's a, so, lot. That's a lot of acres. It's a lot. I don't see him a lot. But hey, I get to do my horse thing and he gets to stay That's on the farm. That's a lot of acres farm. on the East Coast. <laughs> yeah. You know, mm-hmm. in Texas, it's like uh, it's a normal right. farm. But mm-hmm. here, it's that's a lot of acres. Mm-hmm. 
And also, Courtney has a cool job. I do. I am the operations and program manager for USO in Fort Stewart. And we also service Hunter Army Airfield, which is in Savannah, Georgia. And then I also cover the entire state. So I am in charge of doing everything we can to support our troops. And that includes um, active duty Army, National Guard, Marines, Coast Guard, Air Force, uh, retirees, and their families. So we go everywhere from Fort Benning, Georgia, to Fort Gordon, Georgia, down south to Valdosta, Georgia, and anywhere in between, as well as doing programming in the centers. We welcome all the flights home, we send them all out, and we do it all with a smile. So it's the best job ever. And you feed them. And I feed them. I feed them lots. You feed hungry Marines and Army. Oh, yeah. So my favorite story of all time with that is um, a few weeks ago, I fed the Marines in Paris Island, and they'd been in the field all week. And For those that don't know, that's where they go to boot camp. Yes. And so when the Marines go to the field, they just stay in tents. Tense, literally tense, no electricity. They do have porta potties just because they're they're not going to dig cat holes in the in the training well, area. It's only so big, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's, it's only so big. Um, but we took them catered barbecue, and they loved it. They just had a ball. But afterwards, I said, "Hey guys, I have dessert," and they were all kind of like, "Yay!" But when I said, "Hey guys, I have Oreos." They lost their minds, and I got bum-rushed for Oreos, and it turned into a giant free-for-all of everybody trading for the different kinds of golden Oreos, peanut butter pie Oreos, double-stuff Oreos, and we literally took cases upon cases of Oreos, and just everybody got packages of Oreos and just lived their best life. It was great. I'm going to play Jamie here, because at this point, she would come out with the comment, so really your job is to make uh, a thousand good-looking Marines happy. Correct. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I love my job, and they all love me. (laughs) I'm becoming quite famous among the troops. (laughs) You know how to feed a troop. That's right. She fed all of us last night, too. Courtney was in the kitchen. (laughs) She was. It was great. We had barbecue. I mean, I also would have been disappointed if we came to Georgia and didn't have barbecue i mean right? yeah, barbecue <laughs> so barbecue. i know everybody at home is getting mad now because i haven't asked you about your horses yet so uh part of this trip was to get to know our listeners and you know so these interviews we're doing while we're on the road during this test week and also during the five weeks that are coming up here very shortly uh, much quicker than jennifer would like uh, we, we wanted to get to know you and what you do and all of that but also your horses so let's start with courtney this time yeah so I have Miss Jellybean, and that is her actual jockey club name, Miss oh, Jellybean. That is her name. Um, I bought her on a whim. Um, I had to put my heart horse down recently, and as we all know, we don't go very long without having a horse. So. On a whim, um, her owner messaged me and said, hey, I have this horse. You said has talent, needs direction. She has talent and needs direction. And I said, okay. So I went and tried her and she was feisty and spirited and everything that I love. And I laughed at her when she pulled her little tricks and I said, okay, I'll take her. And so I bought her and brought her home. Um, And as we all usually deal with injuries and everything, she didn't have injuries. I had surgery and I've been out of commission. So we haven't really had a chance to do much other than bond. And she went from being kind of a standoffish, typical mare, I don't want anything to do with you, to being so sweet and cuddly and just really learning to trust me. So it's really been the best, me being injured and not being able to ride because we've really bonded and and gotten that wonderful, loving experience. I know. And she she yells at me when I come in the barn. I can walk in the barn and I go, hey, Jelly. And she goes, <laughs> yeah, she is, and she's so sassy. I love her. And, but she is so pretty. She is very really pretty. Yes, she's, she, she's got a booty too. She's yeah. got that booty. Yeah, she wears eyeliner. <laughs> yes, she does most definitely. <laughs> Alex. Hey, so I have two horses. Well, actually, a horse and a half. <laughs> 
Ooh. Let me start with the little A horse guy. and a quarter. That is really a cute. A horse and a quarter. Let's say. <laughs> yeah. That's more like it. So uh, my heart horse is actually my larger horse, and her name is Cressa. Jockey Club is Creswell Bay. So she's a 2010 thoroughbred mare. Definitely a mare. Definitely a diva. And on the note that Courtney said about injuries, she had a pretty traumatic injury last year and completely severed a tendon sheath. So rushed her up to UGA, awesome vet school. And she had surgery, and she totally recovered and is now back competing. But I had her at a rehab facility over the last year. And during that time, as she recovered, I was helping out a friend with another horse and completely broke my tailbone. So now I have been injured and am finally back in the saddle. So that is Cressa. We're excited to get back together and um, start competing again. I event with Cressa. Originally did hunter jumpers, and now I've crossed over to the dark side. She's gone, yeah, she's gone, gone to the dark side. the dark side. And that's because Alex came to me yes. on a whim, so that's so how I, we got started yes. together. I ran my first, um, I think it was a beginner novice horse trial, mm-hmm. and I had never seen a cross-country jump. And Courtney had me actually ride my mare, Cressa. We bought her that same day. Yeah. Because I, she wow. took care of me. Yeah. I said, I, she just, just said, hold on. Yeah. I said, just sit on her. Hold on. Yeah. And she took me around and we wrote the check that day. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So that's Cressa. She's my, the love that mayor. And then I have a mini horse named Winchester Fabio Sandiford. And you will see if you'll go back and look on some of the videos why he has his middle name, Fabio. And we actually purchased Winchester as a playmate for Cressa. In Vidalia, Georgia, Glenn. So <laughs> down a very sketchy dirt road with a lady who had 28 mini horses. Winchester had a rope tied around his neck and walked right up and put his head in my lap. Then we looked down and we realized he was a stud. So, of course, we had to geld that. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and now he lives I gave you one of those stickers, too, I think. Yeah. <laughs> definitely have to go in the car. Yeah. So, yeah, Winchester, and you guys will get to meet um, meet him if you go back and look at the yeah. video that Glenn posted. When, when she says sketchy, she really doesn't tell the whole story. We took my 27-foot gooseneck three-horse slant low trailer with a dressing room down this one-lane dirt road with deep ditches on either side, got to the destination, realized there was no way we were turning in across that culvert, and I tried and had to back up my trailer down the dirt road. We ended up driving on and turned around in probably the sketchiest place I have ever turned around in my life. I fully expected three redneck men to come out with shotguns pointing them at us at any moment. You heard the music playing? I definitely heard the banjos. I was backing that trailer as fast as I could back it. But wait, then a redneck man did come up. Yes. (laughs) With a mini tried to a gator. And that turned out to be Winchester's previous owner. He, he was like, hop in. There's a mini. There was another mini tied to the Ranger. So we rode through a field of minis and they just said, take your pick. Anybody that's lived in the South can picture this whole scene. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so we wanted to load them all up, but bless him, Winchester had probably never even seen a trailer like Courtney's, much less been on any trailer, and he walked right in. Winchester's, uh, Winchester like me. I like Winchester. Yes. He's, he's yeah. a cool little he dude. He likes himself a lot, too. Yeah, yes. he does. He's he got does. some hair for yeah, it. Yeah, he I've does. I've got to work with Jamie on how to bathe that creature. I told Glenn <laughs> yesterday I needed a therapist and Jamie to come help. <laughs> See, what you should have done is just put a ramp into your pool, and then we oh, could have yeah, just led him down in the pool. Throw him in. Aquatherapy. will go in. <laughs> <laughs> and we have to talk about... Your dogs specifically, Courtney, because we got here and Jennifer just loves wiener dogs. And you have two wiener dogs. I do. I have two little sausages. I have Dora. No, I'm sorry. That was my previous dog. Zoe. Zoe is the spitting image of Dora. So Zoe is 100% dachshund. When you think of a dachshund, she is it. She's the black and tan, slim little fireball, bark at everything that moves, dig a hole to China, dachshund. And then we have Snuffleupagus. And Snuffleupagus started out as... 
that. <laughs> he does. He started out as Zach Brown. That was what I named him. But then he ended up being long haired before I ever got to the breeder. I got them both from, they're actually from the same parents. I love the breeder so much that I bought the second one. Um, and Gus is a golden retriever in a dachshund body. I mean, he just really, he's got the tail and he's never met a stranger and he loves he everybody. <laughs> he loves everything, everything, everything to him. He's, I love him, but he's a little dumb. And that's what makes him so sweet. He's just, you know, he can be he sweet and pretty. He no, 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 he does not. He just does it headlong. <laughs> that's right. how he lives life. So before we wrap this up, we have to find out a little about the area we're in too. So we are in, we're about what, an hour south of Augusta? Yes, that's correct. But an hour south of Augusta and for horsey people, about an hour and a half south of Aiken, South Carolina. Yep. or Which is our next stop today. Right. Yeah. So that's pretty much where I have to go to do anything horsey. Um, oh, that's, that sucks. You I have know, to go does. to Aiken to go do <laughs> anything horsey. Yeah. yeah, so we're kind of in the south, um, middle southeast corner um, between Augusta, Statesboro, and Savannah on further down. Hence Midville. Midville. <laughs> Why do you like living in Georgia? Well, I've actually always lived in Georgia, and surprisingly enough, I've, I kind of have dreams of moving out of Georgia, um, but then, you know, my husband and I met in college. We both went to University of Georgia, and so that ended up keeping me here in Georgia, and I do love Georgia because you can go to different parts of the states or different, um, you know, you have different people there, so too, and we're kind of central. I think it's a good place over here on the East Coast, especially. Um, being an equestrian. Yeah, where you're at here, yes, it's an hour and a half, but it's an hour and a half in any direction to a lot of different things. True. Yes. But the beach, like my parents, yeah. um, I get to see my parents a good bit because they have a place in St. Simon's Island. So I go down there and you're, I mean, two hours from the coast there, you can always go to the mountains too in about three to four hours. Right. So it's nice. The gnats, not so much. Yeah. But no, no. once you go right below that fall line, the gnats are pretty bad, which you guys probably yeah. experienced yesterday out yeah. by our pond. Yes, they do get... She took a walk this morning and had that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah me, me and the flies. Yeah, I drowned a lot of flies for you. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, good. In her coffee. In my coffee. <laughs> it's protein. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But no, I love it. And being on the farm is great. Um, it's a beautiful place out here. Mm-hmm. You're just far enough out in, I'm going to use my air quotes, country, mm-hmm. that you don't get a lot of extraneous noises. You don't get a lot of trucks. You don't get a lot of sirens. And you, uh, we woke up this morning, and the enormous variety of songbirds, mm-hmm. and I even heard the ducks. That is just, for me, that's priceless. I'd love Being it. able to get up in the morning and listen mm-hmm. to that. But I would like a closer grocery store, though. Yeah. Or some sushi that's every the now problem and then, but they don't want to eat the sushi there's, from there's around here. There's a place in Waynesboro, mm-hmm. which is, I guess, like the next town over, but I don't yeah. know if I would eat there. I no. wouldn't eat the sushi, but I would eat the hibachi there. We actually go there a good bit. <laughs> 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 well, thank you guys for having us. Absolutely. We really thank you guys it. for coming. This has yeah. been great, and we hope to see even more auditors soon, too. Yeah. We're looking forward to the rest of the trip. Well, it's no surprise that Americans are among the most stressed people on the planet. Your horse gets stressed out, too. Every horse experiences stress caused by things like exercise, environmental conditions like the weather. Uh, It was hot as hell here yesterday, so that's one of those. Travel causes horse stress just like humans, and even simple diet changes can cause stress. All of these variables can contribute to that stress in your horses. This might also come as a surprise to you. You can help reduce the negative impacts of stress by feeding your horses chromium every day. By lowering the levels of stress hormone cortisol and optimizing energy use, feeding chromium results in improved body upkeep, health, and performance, and overall well-being. 
But this part is important. Don't feed just any chromium. Feed your horse the only FDA-reviewed source of chromium propionate on the market today, Chemtrace Chromium from Kemen. Ask for it by name and stress less. Learn more about Chemtrace Chromium at Kemen.com slash Chromium EQ. That's Kemen.com slash Chromium EQ. So let's talk a little bit about uh, all that's going on here in Aiken as far as a community. It, so when did it? When did the horse people, uh, competitive horse people, really start to descend? Because this always was a horse town. Every house here has a barn. <laughs> Every house has a barn, and it's wonderful. Um, the polo was very, very popular here. Um, I think in the mid nineteen forties, and the racing uh, industry came here quite frequently in the winters. The the horses would come in by rail car and enjoy our very mild winters. Can comparatively speaking. Do you to, get bad winters at all? We ice storms every six or seven years. We get oh, a pretty well, horrible okay. ice storm <laughs> yeah. in March, but it's pretty it's pretty mild. One one Christmas it was 80. It does get chilly at night, but we don't get that deep freeze. I grew up in Connecticut, so I know about cold weather, and we definitely do not get that kind of horrible winter, icy, snowy yuck that all those poor people that still live up there have to deal with with their horses. No fun. Ice balls and feet and mucking out stalls and, you know. <laughs> so when did it start to change? When did the competitive people uh, I, I When I started coming down here, which was about 25 years ago, to Gallup, just to get out of the winters in the Northeast, um, Highfields, which has progressive show jumping horse shows, had A, horse shows, I think, like December, January, February, and March. And then we had Bruce Duchesswa grant us Bruce's Fields. And steeplechases here fall and spring. We did have a very heavy driving community at one point. I think that it's that's back. fluctuated <laughs> a little bit. Um, more and more dressage people. We're going to hear from one of those drivers a little later in the show. Good, good. Uh, Cindy and Barry Olaf opened Stable View Farm, which is a top-notch eventing facility in town. So more and more places have developed for people to come and do multidiscipline things with their horses in Aiken. And with COVID... Now, we had this discussion last night, and this is happening all over the country. It's just not in Aiken, but it is happening in Aiken. Uh, the the buying boom of farms and properties and houses. From what I hear, you can't buy a house in town. If You, you need to get it in the first hour. You do, literally, 15 minutes. The the turnover of properties here, and the, we have friends that are realtors who are customers who also ride, and their complaint is that there's not enough inventory on the market. And every day someone new walks in the door of the store and says, I'm moving here. I'm building here. I sold my other house. I'm moving to my Aiken house. I want to move here, but I can't find a house to live in here. Is it California? California, Midwest, um, Texas, New York, New people, Chicago, Minnesota. Please tell us you're taking night. some of the New Yorkers because they usually move to Ocala where we live. But now they're, they're moving further north now. They are. They're, kept, they're not going quite as far. <laughs> <laughs> Although you have experienced a huge boom in Ocala yes. too with the well, opening of the World Equestrian Center, for front, which is a magnificent facility. I was we're going to talk to you about to that later there. in the show. Okay. I'm going to tease that because Amy actually showed there. I did. And for those that are wondering, Amy, as far as we know, is not a relative. She's an Amy Hebert. I'm a Glenn Hebert, uh, and I have know. two sister-in-laws named Amy Hebert. So I know three Amy Heberts, and it's probably the only three Amy Heberts in the country. Could be. Could be. I bet you somewhere back there we're related. We are. Both from Connecticut originally. A big toe. <laughs> yeah. It's both families from Connecticut and from Canada originally. Yes, so exactly. We are. All right. We're going to go. You have a guest that's uh, joining us right now. And 
I do have a guest yes. that's joining us right now. This is Mr. Jim Rhodes, and he Jim, right up on the mic, about an inch away, is the proprietor of the Aiken Equine Rescue, which I actually serve on the board on, and they do a fantastic job of helping people in Aiken and other states with their horses that need either have had trauma and need rescuing, need rehab. I know they do a program with the thoroughbreds for off track. T- OTTBs that need places to come to have some time to get rehabbed, to get reschooled and be adopted. And they do a fantastic job, very well supported by our community. And across the country. And across the country. Yep. Yes, sir. Come right up to the mic. Yes. So so how long have you been in operation? Uh, we we uh, bought the property in 2005, put our first horses on it in 2006. So there was no infrastructure or anything. So we have, we're four board wooden fencing. We have um, 12 pastures that are three to nine acres each, and we have 12 um, rehab paddocks uh, up until the Saturday before Easter Sunday. Which we're going to uh, talk about. Yeah, we had a, a, a fairly nice barn that um, uh, we use for rehab-type purposes. It was only time horses were in the barn were... Uh, if they needed continuous medical type work, yeah, which they love being in a barn for that stuff. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Just... And uh, um, we take a lot of uh, abuse and neglect cases all through the area. Um, we take some owner surrenders. We try to stay away from the owner surrenders. We figure they already have a home. Uh, the owners need to be responsible for them on that end of it. I know that sounds coarse, but there. But now, if the owner surrender is a uh, family mer- medical emergency, or we've seen a lot during COVID of um, uh, the, the small horse owner and all that uh, directly affected by finances right. with COVID, not being able to work or not being able to air. And we took several in during during that time. That has seemed to slow down a little bit being asked. Now, we do we are asked daily to take somebody's horse. Uh, we say no more. How many do yes. you have there? Um, we're down right now to about 44, That's 45. Enough. <laughs> That's enough, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, not a small number. Not, um, we can take care of 70. We have had 73 on the property. Wow. and um, That's a lot uh, of work. A lot of work. And it's done by um, two employees and... Uh, and you and, and, and a load of volunteers and and, and a tremendous amount of volunteers. We're um, donation dependent, volunteer run. Um, it's so our budget right now um, with sixty head of horses, I can average it out on sixty head of horses. Our budget is about six hundred thousand dollars a year, um, which is actually cheap if that's you look at what not it is. Yeah. Huge uh, number for that many horses. Yeah, no, that's, it's not that's that, well um, done. And yeah. it's all done by. Um, donations and grants. We get a lot of money out of out of the third red industry, the TAA, the TCA, along with other ones. And in the local community, um, a lot of the community um, women's clubs or newcomers clubs and all that, we get grants from them at a good bit of time. So, let's go back to Easter. Easter. Tell yeah. us about Easter. Um, Easter was um, eventful. Event, very eventful. Uh, and that was this year. This year, yep. this year, yes, it was. Um, I guess it's two was, months ago. Uh, almost, 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 almost two months. Well, no, it's been no. It's over two months. It was the third. 
And for Easter was on the 4th, I think. Uh, I'm thinking. Uh, well, uh, I got a text message. The, re- the rescue is on fire. Yes. And we, my husband and I got in our car and got well, there, which is about a 10-minute drive. And there were, luckily, lots of fire trucks, lots of firemen. It, it well was the barn. Supported. It was yes. the barn. Yeah, barn, an office area, classroom. Uh, uh, just... Um, uh, complete devastation. Okay. Um, we had Aiken County investigated. We had, um, sled investigated and we had the insurance company investigated. They all came up with the same conclusion as being undetermined. They found no incinerary material. So, yeah. Okay. Um, they electrical uh, usually they say, and it started high. So they're assuming there was an electrical spark or something, something. something. We run a very clean barn and a very safe barn. Uh, You know, that doesn't mean the squirrels don't eat wires. That doesn't mean we don't have mice and the whole works. Um, That happens at every barn. We were a block barn, a a poured concrete block barn, a very safe barn. Right. They say we had one of the safest barns in the area for hurricanes and tornadoes. We would we, we would could withstand anything there. We stood on a hill, had a massive, uh, you know, a wind tunnel coming up the hill. It uh, fueled the flames. Uh, it kind of pretty. But a fire. Well, it's the worst barn you could have. It acted like an oven. Oh, so it holds the heat in. It had nowhere. Heat had to go up, rise. And we, you know, with the wood rafters and stuff like that and wood partitions between the stalls, it just jumped jumped from stall to stall to stall to stall Um, and burnt hot and fast. I I was probably 10 minutes. Go ahead. Horses in the barn. We had, if it had been a week earlier, we would have had three horses in the barn. Uh, like I said, we only keep horses in the barn when they're being um, medical treated daily or rehab daily. We um, had one pony in the barn, and um, his name is Whistle. We named He's him Whistle. He's become a celebrity. He's a celebrity. <laughs> he has. Yeah, a sweet pony, great pony. And my wife heard the explosion, came running there barefooted, no shoes, oh, no nothing, geez. came running to the barn, went in the burning stall, had to put her shirt up over her head because she couldn't um, You see. married a tough woman. Let's start there. Debbie's great. Uh, yeah, um, well, Debbie's a um, trooper. Um, yes, I married a great woman. Um, not necessarily the smartest woman at times. I <laughs> like that? You were mad at her? <laughs> you, know, I, I, you know, she's a hero. She saved his pony, and his pony needed to be she saved. She is a hero. Uh, on that. The shavings were on fire in oh, the stall. Oh, my God. And she's the, barefooted? And she's barefooted. She pulls the pony out. No halter. You know, we learned some valuable lessons that we read about and see about, but we didn't actually practice. Yeah. There was no halter on we the all outside. Do that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, so, uh, you know, she got the pony out, and he went trotting off and trying to find. He, he was recently gelded, so he was. Um, he had to go through that traumatic. traumatic Check incident. out where his friends were. Yeah. So he had You've to been, go find. You just tortured that pony the entire time. Uh, you know. Um, <laughs> He has a huge following now, but his back was actually on fire and cinched. Oh, wow. They was not a, um, they, they said it wasn't a, like a fire burn. It was heat burns all over his back. It was kind of like uh, really, really, really uh, third degree sunburns, uh, which when we called the vet, um, the vet said, you know, you need to get him into the clinic. Uh, um, burns are bad. And 
we understood burns were bad. Bad. Well, being a heat burn, it takes three or four days, just like a sunburn on a person, to quit. So for three or four days, he was blistering up all over his back and all that. Today, two months later, you can't even tell that he was ever in a fire. So I have to know about your wife's feet. So I, nothing. Nothing? Okay, good. She was no. fast and furious. Fast and furious, <laughs> nothing. Fast forward now a little bit. So I assume the barn was a, lo- a total loss. The barn was a, a total loss. Uh, we, um, we did lose one barn cat. We only have a couple minutes left. I want to fast forward to how the community came together. Huge. There was an, an extraordinary, I think, mm-hmm. outreach for the community, for the equine rescue. Us here at Aiken Saddlery, we established a Phoenix fund so people could d- d- put basically deposit money on a fund for them. Uh, Purina donated feed, uh, Cargill Neutrina donated feed, Pool and Grain donated pallets of feed, hey. Triple Crown donated pallets of feed. No, th- those horses were so well fed. <laughs> we still have... Feed here. Yeah, uh, you know, do. we had, you know, we're, we're doing business as usual. Uh, we had a makeshift, uh, like a handy house building. We turned into an office, uh, put an air conditioning in the window and, and uh, you know, run a generator to it. We don't even have permanent power yet. Were you surprised at the reaction from the community? Or um, did- you know, I'm a giver, not a taker. Uh, so I was overwhelmed. It was overwhelming. It was uh, ex- completely overwhelming. Uh, cash donations that we put in the bank for the rebuilding fund was almost 100000 Feed and in-kind donations were probably the same. Um, you know, we talk about the horse world, and there's a lot of negative in the horse world. There really is. I mean, we all know that. Yes. But this is where you, in this kind of situation, is where you realize what the horse world is truly about. You know, you hear about the negative, but that's only the 5% bottom, right? There's the 95% that are this. Everyone rallied. I mean, it wasn't just Aiken. In in the field that we're in, in the passion that we're doing, we see a lot of the negative. Right. Um, Which can get overwhelming, too. Can get get overwhelming. But we also see the positive when people make the right choices ahead for their animals, when they— uh, set aside funds for their animals when they get b- before, you know, if something happens to them. Uh, we see it. We, we've developed a lot of good. We're glad that this all worked out for you. I mean, you're still minus a barn. I get that. And hopefully with the donations and everything, you can get that rebuilt here. Yes. We're still working with the insurance company. Yeah. That, you know, I'm, I'm under the impression that, okay, we had a fire, total loss. Give me my check. Yeah, get a bill. To my, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I worked with insurance for years. No, that's no not it doesn't right. exactly work that way. You know, my, my insurance agent is one of the best around. And, uh, and it's still going to take some time. A good friend, she said, you know, you may ta- it may take a year yeah. before you get this. So, you know, we're... But we fortunately, the barn wasn't used you know, for your main business, yes. right? Yes. Yeah, so yes. thank you for stopping by, and, and uh, we wish you the best. Thank you, sir, very much and for I'm having so me. I'm so glad that there are communities like Aiken that come together for situations We're like We're still this. looking for donations. We still have 40-something head of horses. And What's the website? Uh, um, AikenEquineRescue.com. Uh, okay, AikenEquineRescue.com. Dot com. Um, very good. Dot org, excuse me. Dot org. org. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Aiken Equine Rescue dot org. Dot org. Yeah. Thanks for uh, you can get on by. there. There's many different. There's a Phoenix Fund you can donate to. You can donate to Whistle. You can donate um, to many different ways. Um, Venmo, PayPal, Facebook. We'll take it all. Good Send to meet you. Thank you, sir, very all much. Right, thanks Thank so you. much. Appreciate you having me. All right, and thanks for setting that up, Amy. Well, he's Appreciate a great it. guy. They do a fantastic job, and there was just an overwhelming response for the community for that fire.
Well, we're going to go next to an interview that I got yesterday because Amy invited us very kindly to come out in the 95-degree humid heat and watch the final polo match here in Aiken. The Aiken Polo Club held at Whitney Field, which is in the beautiful historic horse district of downtown Aiken. And it was so much fun. We had good food and drink. It was fun. It was hot, but it was fun. It was fun. We weren't as hot as they were. I believe that. Yes, I agree. I, I got to catch up with Tigger, who is the manager. Tiger niece. Tiger, Tiger okay. and his wife Susie run the Aiken Polo Club, and Tiger himself has a youth polo group program that he runs in town. Um, Tiger was a player himself for a while, and now he announces at the games, and they, they do a fantastic job. As you saw, how it was fun. Yeah, it was there's great. tailgating. There's a pavilion. You can eat and drink. You can watch. You there's a big social part to it. It's a, it's really fun. Well, I got to catch up with Tiger for a couple of minutes and talk about it. Super. So I'm here with Tiger, who is the head honcho here at Aiken Polo. Yeah, I don't know about head honcho, but we'll go. With, I don't know. They, uh, we'll they told with, me we'll you were go God here. <laughs> well, you are the announcer too. Yeah, which, I, I wear a lot of hats. Yeah, so you're the manager, manager here. Yes, I manage Aiken Polo. Tell us a little bit about Aiken Polo. How big is it? Um, it's a it's a club that's obviously, if you look at the history, it's been around forever. I actually grew up here. These are the fields in the club that I played on um, when I was a kid and started playing. My daughter's actually out there. I saw she did yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, she's playing today. So it's it I mean it's special to me to come back later on in life and to be able to participate at the club a little bit different capacity but uh, now I'm managing it and yeah it's one of the I think we're at like 139 or 140 years old so it's one of the oldest clubs in the United States. Yeah, it's like one of the like the oldest continuously running continuously right? Continuously played on field that's what the fame for Whitney Polo Field is. Wow. Yeah it, it, it got played on every year for that consecutive amount of years. I would have thought it would have been one of the ones in New England right? You would think that right? And there are yeah. some old ones up there. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've announced tour shows of all different kinds, and polo's tough because it's fast play-by-play. I got I admire you. <laughs> it's fast. And yeah, it is. It's fast. The ball changes direction. There's eight players out there at one time, but it's also helpful that I played the game. I think that gives me a it little bit of an does. advantage. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a ever changing. You know, from player to player, the ball changes lines, different possessions. Now you have teams come in from all over the country. Yes, I mean we're we're primarily, I'd say, an East Coast team. So our season is going to be spring and fall. Um, that's we do that because that's the best weather. Obviously, in the the winter time, the fields are dormant, so we don't play on them. And in the summertime, the the heat index gets a little high, so we're unable to have tournament polo. There's still yeah, polo going on. It's the last game of the season it, here. This is about when. And it's yeah. hot. And it's, it's humid. <laughs> yeah. It's still doable. And um, But then we'll take the summer off, and then we'll come back and come online for September, October, and then part of November. It's so funny. We live in Ocala, and when we've been making our way up through here visiting people, we got up here and said, geez, it's hotter here than Ocala. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It feels that way yeah. today. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It definitely does. Well, this is fantastic. The place is beautiful. Yeah. I love the backdrop. I've seen polo in many different places. And even Wellington, it just doesn't have a great backdrop. You have these houses that look like they were taken out of New England, Newport. And they're plunked right behind the polo and, field. And we're in a downtown. Yes. Yeah. It just gives it atmosphere. And that's what makes the, uh, our club unique is that uh, all of our uh, fields are in a trust fund. 
um, that was set up to where it's going to be green space forever, and then the, the Polo Club maintains it. So it's yeah, we're we don't you know fortunately we're not battling with developers or the you know the path of development. We don't have to worry about that. So it, it's it's a unique and it's a great situation. We talk all the time on the shows with various associations, various disciplines, English, Western. One of the biggest concerns always is getting young people involved so these sports don't go away eventually. You're doing the same thing here from what I understand. So that's what my wife and I set up. We set up a 501c3. It's uh, AYP, which is Aiken Youth Polo, and it's the mechanism that we use to get kids involved in the sport. Wow. Yeah. yeah well, good. And is it working? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 There is three of them out there on the field today. There's twins out there. They started in our program. And as how well. old are they? They are 17. Oh, wow. They, yeah. And they look like they've been playing forever. Yeah. 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 And they've been in our system. Well, they've probably been with us for four or five years, but they started because of AYP. Terrific. Well, thank yeah. you for uh, letting right. me have a little yeah. bit of time at halftime here. I'm glad you came. They're all stomping them. divots, and I'm hiding in the shade. Yeah. You're, you're the smart one. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Yeah. All right. It was very nice to meet you. Is there a website, by the way? Yeah, Aiken, it's just getting redone, so okay. it's not all that great right now. Is it now, on Facebook, but, too? Uh, yes, we have Facebook. and Aiken Polo? AikenPoloClub.org, uh, and then Facebook, Aiken Polo Club, and then AYP on Facebook as well. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Well, look who just showed up. One of our old friends from a long time ago, and Dr. Wendy's going to be so jealous that I get to see her, and you don't. So we're going to talk to Mickey Bowen, who just arrived. Well, we're here recording, and one of our first guests on the Horse Radio Network, Wendy and I, on the Driving Radio Show, 10 years ago, just showed up. And if I remember right, we saw Mickey Bowen at Martin's Carriage Auction. That's right. I think your first mm-hmm. appearance on our shows was at Martin Carriage Auction. It was set yes, up right it was. Like it was just exactly <laughs> like this. Just exactly. So it's so good to see you again, Mickey. It's good to see you. And hi to Wendy. Wish you were here. We just miss said, you, miss you, miss you. <laughs> she misses you, too. She talks about you all the time. So we, uh, you have something planned. We're going to do an interview, a longer interview with you for Wednesday's show. But today you stopped by because we had to talk about arrangements we have for a little later in the day in Aiken. And what do you have planned? Well, um, Mick and Nildeberg have a pair of horses and a large carriage. They're, you know... I have ponies, as you know, but these are horses that the Burks have. And uh, you and Jen would be comfortable riding in the back and be able to film, oh, as good. you like to do. Yes. And so we were going to tour the very special carriage paths that um, the carriage people have built in Aiken. Oh, wow. We have a community there that is just so user-friendly for carriage drivers. We and can that's go, unusual, by the way. Yeah. Yes, we don't have to go on any paved roads. And um, the two main roads are um, North Windsor Road, which was the first to develop into a driving community. Uh, that's um, called Windsor Trace. And the next big road over is Pine Acres Road. And in the last five years, that has developed. And there are many driving people there. That's from California about, and uh, Wisconsin, Dev Bevan is over there. It's, it's one thing about Aiken mm-hmm. is it you know it's not one discipline. We have adventures here, we have dressage riders here, we have carriage mm-hmm. community here. There's a and Western I hear is growing in this area too. So you know you got a little bit of everything here right in Aiken, South Carolina. Yes, and and there is a developing. Well, I don't know that it's developing. I mean, Western was around long before the carriages became popular. But there is a group of 
people. Uh, I saw a horse the other day. Someone came into my ride to say, my drive to say hello to me, and I was ready to just knock her off that horse and run away with it. <laughs> it was. I'm telling you what a looker. And um, well, so, we're we're looking forward to this afternoon and the carriage ride. I'm I'm looking forward to it uh, uh, tremendously because you know I love it. What kind of horses are we going to be pulled by? I'm not really sure. They're park draft. Park draft. Uh, they're about 15 to 16 hands. Very what? well trained. I was careful in choosing a safe ride for <laughs> Try you not to kill me and for myself. Yeah. <laughs> My children call and they say, Mommy, don't get on any dangerous carriages. <laughs> you know. Well, we're looking forward to it, Mickey, and we're going to talk more about your ponies and everything in our next interview for Wednesday. Okay. We'll see you this afternoon. Thank you very much. And, Wendy, you can be jealous. <laughs> well, it's convenient that I'm in a tack shop because I need to talk to you a little bit about Cavello Trek hoof boots. They're made for rain, streams, puddles, and mud, and they're scooter approved. Scooter's worn them for eight years. That's the only boots he wears. It's the only boots that fit his tiny little feet. Along with incredible comfort, your horse's feet will enjoy maximum breathability, superior drainage, quick dry boots that are always ready for your next ride or drive, because I use them for driving. And the reason I like them as a horse husband, they're horse husband approved, and that's important because I have to put them on. Uh, I never got along with the ones with the wires. Uh, me and the wires never got along. I just would pinch my fingers and would get mad, and then Jennifer would have to do it, and then it was a scene. So she finally said, we're going to try the Cavallos because I think you can handle Velcro. And that, yes, that's how she talks to me. So, uh, like typical horse husband. So I got the Velcro ones of the Cavallos, and I've used them ever since because they're so easy to use. I think in the eight years I've been, I've replaced them twice. Uh, I, when I'm driving on the roads, I put them on all four of his feet. He's never had shoes. Yeah, he has pretty good feet. And uh, we, I just highly recommend them. Uh, a lot of people only use them on the front feet, not the back feet. It depends what you're doing. Uh, but they stay on. They don't get full of sand in Florida, which is kind of nice. And... I just highly recommend them. Meet your meet those new Trek hoof boots at cavallo-inc.com. That's cavallo-inc.com. There's a coupon code just for you guys, just for the listeners of Horse Radio Network. Use the coupon code HRN off uh, your next boot order, and it gets you 20% off. By the way, as a side note, if you think that we have a coupon for a company, the coupons are always HRN. So just try it. If it works, you know there was a coupon. If it doesn't work, then you know the coupon expired. But that's a little trick for all the listeners. If uh, if we think there's a coupon, try HRN. And you get 20% off your next order, cavallo-inc.com. All right, Amy. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit, too, about, about the tack world. Because I used to be in the tack world, and the listeners know that we have gone to ADA and done shows from ADA. Yes. For, I think we've been to 22 total now over the years and now wisa too we do their show uh wisdom by wisa on the horse radio network by the way uh we also do their show talking about tack and products so what's new what's coming up new you haven't been able to be the trade shows too much either no although june evers does a fantastic job with her virtually everything equestrian which is an online trade show um i i have been to ada it's been a while yeah obviously everybody's kind of on hold was hoping there's to one get... coming up in august yes, i think but yeah. was hoping to get to dallas yeah I dallas in august yeah yep. So that that looking forward to that. What I find is kind of on the on the forefront of tack and apparel these days is the fabrics and the technical fabrics and the clothing. They're much more stylish. I do show jumpers, so it's kind of fun to wear fancy coats 
that stretch that you don't have to take to the dry cleaners. There's mm-hmm. nothing worse, I have to say. And it's actually say, allowed not frowned upon. <laughs> exactly. Right? Exactly. You don't get in trouble. You don't for, have to wear your wool coat anymore. For wearing them. And we, we have a wonderful horse show here in Aiken, the horse show in the woods that's actually in Hitchcock Woods, which we is a wonderful jewel that Aiken has is an urban forest here. And there's a natural ring and you have to hack in the horses. You're not allowed to ship in for this horse show. And I used one of my old Pitchley hunt coats and thought, never again. <laughs> I'm sorry, Pitchley, but never, ever again. But even the britches with the silicone patches, although I have heard that that is not good for your saddles. So I'm not. Yeah, we have heard that too. Silicone. And there's some people, patches, Jennifer won't wear them. She just doesn't like them. But um, yeah. I have heard that they're not good for, for your saddles. And leading into that, I think the technology on trees for saddles has come a long way. You know, your good old whippy. Or Hermes saddle, which are beautiful and lovely, but the the options that you have to fit your horse, which is important, saddle fitting is a very important thing, you know. And before give a shout was, out to Bates, one of our sponsors. Yes, yeah, yes, with know. the adjustable gullet, yeah. you know. And I think all of that makes a huge difference in your performance in the ring with your horses. So, that, are you in the time of COVID here in the past eighteen, whatever it has been, fourteen months? Have you seen a slowdown in technology? I'm not a slowdown in technology. What we have had a big problem with during COVID is the resources and the availability. I mean, everybody knows about the containers that are stuck in the Atlantic somewhere between here and, you know, that coast, right? (laughs) And for example, when the hand sanitizer went from gel to alcohol-based, the spray bottles couldn't get spray bottles, smaller containers, which was an odd thing, uh, double-ended snaps, some metal items were were tricky to get and i think some of the people that manufacture things whether they're manufactured overseas or here that one odd item or ingredient was unavailable so we actually had you know lack la- gaps in lag in being able to have things in the store i brought that up because i i also want to encourage everybody's listening that if you have an order on with the tax shop give and it's us not, a break yeah it's not coming in <laughs> it's not their fault because the manufacturers can't always get the product right now from china and by the way or wherever it's made overseas um i don't think that's going to get better in the next couple of months no i have to agree with you i think it's going to be like this for a little while yeah. and you know we try to find other avenues or try to find a similar product but People have been pretty good about it. I think everybody's in the same boat. It's not just the tech industry. I think yeah. everyone's You go to Walmart and there's completely empty shelves in yeah. certain sections and you go, that's random. Yes, you it know? Is. Yeah. Odd, odd things. Like I was there and there were no silverware. All the silverware was gone. Again, metal product. Metal product. Yep. So Plastics, like even for us, feet tubs, muck tubs, uh, mounting blocks at one point were... We, you know, we got like hot pink and yellow. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, <laughs> well there you go. everybody's going to be colorful this year, but uh, interesting. <laughs> and it has made us turn a little bit to looking to our more sourcing U.S. made products, which we do try to do here as a rule anyway. But I'll some bet of you, them, you can only get them if they're made here. Some right? of them yeah, don't. Yeah. And, and even like apparel wise, uh, some of the uh, particularly Italian companies did not do much production due to COVID. So there are, yeah, also they were just closed down. Not. Yeah. You know, the the products themselves, whether it's the fabric for the products, but the actual product themselves wasn't made. So I think there's going to be a little bit of a hiccup in the road in that in that respect. So please as well. be patient with your local tax shop. Thank it's probably you. Their, their fault that the product's not in. I yeah. will have to give a shout out to the, our feed companies, though, because we are a Purina dealer. We carry Neutrino. We carry Banks Mill, which is a local feed, which is great because it's right across the street. But the national brands really made a huge effort to keep us stocked with feed and hay. Thank you, all our farmers and all our truckers, for bringing the hay on a regular basis. How are we this year? We're hearing reports from all over the country about it either being too wet or too dry and that hay is going to be an issue. I 
I know the Northwest has been having a problem with I think they say that every year. Yeah, they do. Farmers are known. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to say that. I was trying to be nice. But yeah. farmers do complain. Either it's too wet or it's too and hot. It, and it does make a difference. Or it's too dry. It, it, I mean, yeah. and then people ask about cuttings. And one year, I just stopped saying, you know, what cutting it was. Because I think it was the fifth cutting from Pennsylvania because they had so much rain. But we seem to have a great group of about six. Are you getting hay? Are are, the new hay, hay starting Almost to come every in? week. Yep. Uh, actually, our first load of this year's hay will be here on Thursday. Okay. Good. Good, because it's about the time where it's the old ju- hay is yeah, running it's out. Just turning, it's just turning over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jennifer's uh, over there <laughs> asking if you. we can bring some home. We'll send you home with whatever It's probably you need. cheaper than Florida. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. Anything less than about $30 a bale. <laughs> we have some that's a little more than that, but we have some that's less. <laughs> she saw the Canada hay that you have out here, and she's like, can, uh, just, can we put a trailer behind the camper? You, no, so you just have to come back on your way back home, so you'll get back here, so we can do this again. Well, we you had us stay. You invited us to stay, and she was kind enough to have us at the, one of the most beautiful farms in Aiken. It is a beautiful farm, and not it's too at the far end of the here. road. And uh, we're we're going to talk to Chris Powers, whose farm it is. It's Sue Sisters Farm. And when we were driving out there, uh, pulling the RV, and we pull in, it's absolutely beautiful. And we're going to have video of all this too. By the way, we're going to put out a video of the whole week, so you'll see that coming out. Uh, and we park, and she said, and it's the most beautiful farm. And she said, just park over here by the barn, which is absolutely beautiful. And we're parked right in front of the huge flowering bushes and facing, our door opens up to the most beautiful dressage ring. She has a lovely setting. Her farm is beautiful and very well thought out. Her her barn does look out. She's got the big rose bushes there. Uh, And and we're parked right. It's so pretty. (laughs) Yeah, and she has a, and then to the left is cleared, so there's beautiful pasture to the left. There's a little bit of wooded area to the right. So yes, you guys, you guys for all you campers uh, out there, (laughs) all you campers out there can be very jealous. We've had the most beautiful campsites in the world and no noisy neighbors, no dogs barking and no kids running around. The street lights it's been perfect. In the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> it's been perfect. So we're going to well, talk. We're glad to kick you off on your tour in a good way. Yes. We're going to talk to Chris because she also has an important mission out there that's very near and dear to my heart. Well, we are now recording in the most beautiful house that we stayed at last night here in Aiken, and that's Chris's place, and it is Two Sisters Farm, right, Chris? That's right. And it is, you were telling us originally, because we see cross-country jumps around your beautiful property here, that it was originally one of the only places that eventing happened on your, before it was your farm. That's exactly right. They would trailer the horses in to do the eventing. And I don't know where they would trailer them out to do the dressage, but this was the only place in town. And now Aiken is just filled with fabulous eventing facilities. Yeah, eventing was a novelty here at that point. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Before all the eventers moved in. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Which was about... 10, 15 years ago, right? Uh, yeah, I would say about 15 years ago because yeah. I've been here for 20 years and the first couple of years it was maybe one person that I saw developing a farm and and then now we have top-notch Olympic riders, Boyd Martin and Doug Payne, Philip Dutton, they're all here, so it's it's pretty incredible. Now, you had us park our RV right in front of your barn overlooking the dressage ring, which means you're probably a dressage rider. And judging by the size of your horses, which were right behind us, uh, I would guess that's the case. Well, you know, I've done... When I was little, I trail rode, didn't have enough money to even own a saddle, so just rode bareback. 
got into Western writing, got into English. I love every single discipline. The only thing I haven't done is what you guys do, and that's the carriage driving. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, we'll get you on a carriage one of these days. That'd be great. <laughs> We're supposed to do that this afternoon, actually. That's awesome. So you are out here at this beautiful farm. You're a dressage rider. Uh, do you have a favorite horse? Oh, my gosh. Well, right now, what, five or six? I, I have four. Four, okay. But my favorite one is Olive. She's my oldest horse. She's 25. Um, she's was is one of the horses that always helps me with my women beyond cancer retreats to work with the ladies. She's the safest. She will work for food. So <laughs> great horse. Yeah, the horses that do that are the best ones. Exactly. <laughs> now I want to talk to you about about your your organization involving cancer, but first we have to talk about something else. There's always unique things when we meet everybody on these trips. And one of your unique things is pickleball. Now, for those that don't know what pickleball is because they don't live in an area that has it, what to explain it? Well, pickleball is considered a sport that's a mixture of tennis, ping pong, and badminton. So it's half the size of a tennis court. Hit the net is lower. Um, it is very easy for seniors to play. You don't have to be that well, mobile. That's kind of how it started, right? Exactly. Yeah. It was like three guys having gin and tonics on Bainbridge <laughs> Island, and it was a crummy day, and they just made up this game. And now it's maybe 60 or 70 years old, and it, they say it's the fastest growing sport in America. It's kind of a, a big the paddle or racket. It's a paddle. Paddle. Is it maybe a little bit bigger than a racquetball paddle, if anybody knows what that's like? Pretty similar. Yeah. Pretty, but the, the really great thing is, is you can go on this um, site called pickleballtournaments.com and you can literally go anywhere in the country on any weekend and pick a spot to go play pickleball, play in a tournament, Hawaii, California, wherever you want to go. And there's pickleball happening and you can compete or you can go and watch the top pros play. Or you can go in Chris's backyard because she has two very professional-looking pickleball courts with lights. Yeah, I thought it was pretty fun that when you showed up, we had about 12 people out there yeah, playing. There were. Yeah. It was fun. I was watching for a while. It's great. I got to try it. Before I leave here, we're trying pickleball. I used to play tennis. And you're pretty good from what I hear. Well, it's um, it was a, it's been a lot of hard work, but um, I met someone, a woman in California playing a tournament. She's from Oregon, and I'm South Carolina. And we ended up deciding to commit to play with each other. And after a couple of years of playing tournaments, we ended up winning nationals for women over 60. Yay. So it was really, you know, it's exciting. It's a, it's, you know, they're goals that you want to achieve. And is it like horses? You get a ribbon and that's pretty much it. You get a medal. Okay. You get, you get like a three cent medal. <laughs> but let me tell you, I'm a lot so it's more. exactly like horse shows. <laughs> but I'm more successful in pickleball than I am in horse shows. <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about when, when uh, Amy from Aiken Saddlery, which we're going to next to record this morning's Horses in the Morning, which this interview will be on, uh, she said, you got to stay at Chris's place. First of all, it's beautiful. And, it's, and, and Chris has a great story to tell. And I, I picked her up right on it as soon as the word cancer came out. So you started an organization. Tell us why and then what the organization is. Well, I had a sister, um, she was my best friend, and she had brain and breast cancer, and um, she wrote her whole life, and the last part of her life was being held up by three sidewalkers on a horse because she just couldn't, you know, even just keep her balance. But our dream was to always have a horse farm and to run a therapeutic riding school or something horse-related. So when she passed away, I got in my car from Miami Beach, Florida, and I started driving north. 
And I was on my way to Tryon because I heard so much about Tryon. And I ended up in Aiken and I just pulled up to a real estate agency and said, show me some horse farms. And I actually bought the first farm they showed me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you are a realtor's dream. (laughs) It was in the middle of nowhere. There was no cell service. As a matter of fact, when I called AT&T to ask them when I could expect to get cell service, they, they, well, they were very nice. They said, ma'am, do you mind if I ask how old you are? And at that point I was 45 and they said, not in your lifetime. (laughs) (laughs) And yet, Verizon's great out here. I had almost five bars. Well, this is a newer farm, so oh, now we've okay. you know you moved. we've okay. moved closer yeah. to town. This is the closest equestrian development to Aiken, which is five minutes to downtown. Oh, it is. Yeah, you're right around the corner from Amy, who I must say I absolutely Amy and CP. He they this are is the, of Aiken Saddlery of Aiken Saddlery. They are the most generous people in this town. Whenever there's anything, if there's a like recently the barn fire, they're the first to respond to help. They support every single equestrian activity in this town. They brought us out to Polo yesterday and they support that too. I they mean, the, everything. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about the organization that you started and what you do for women. So I was sitting in a doctor's office unrelated to cancer. I've never had cancer, but um, I was just sitting in the office because I had a knee issue and I was reading an article in a magazine. It was talking about women beyond cancer, and they were looking for retreat locations. And I just thought, this is exactly what my farm was meant to be. And my farm is called Two Sisters Farm, named after my sister. And so I reached out to the people. And lo and behold, now I'm the chairwoman of Women Beyond Cancer. And we solely run the retreats here. We used to run them around the country, but I just kind of felt it's just such an intimate experience. And I wanted to have, I guess I'd have to say total control of what went on. And by saying total control, it means I don't want any plans. I want the ladies to show up and whatever happens that weekend happens. Well, that's what makes it so there's lots of retreats for people with all kinds of things, right? But that's what makes this so unique. Is it there's does. no agenda. Yes. and Except as- for peace. Exactly. That's what they're, they're, well, they're looking to be with other women who get it. And the woman who ran my retreats, uh, she had metastatic breast cancer and she had it for over 20 years. So she was such a great hope to so many of these women. And it didn't matter what kind of cancer you had. You could have a retreat. We could have somebody with breasts, somebody with ovarian, somebody with throat. It just didn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't matter where your cancer is in your body. You just want to be able to be with people that aren't going to just be staring at you and worrying about, oh, how are you feeling? You know, this was, this were, these were people that were like in the middle of dinner, pulling up their shirts and showing their (laughs) scars from surgeries and, you know, and just laughing and crying and just having the, really the time of their life for four days. And as a matter of fact, one of the women at my retreats, her dying wish was to have her ashes spreaded at my farm. Mm. And so her roommate, who she'd never met before, brought her ashes to the farm and we spread them at my pond. What have horses done for those women? Oh my gosh. The horses are like olive. Even the horses that might be a little bit more hot, 
when they are around those women, they just get that they need to do something to help these ladies. And so what we do is we have a round pen and there's a wonderful woman named Julie Robbins, who I hope you'll meet. I think she's going to stop at Aiken Saddlery. But she also runs the Saratoga War Horse Program for the veterans. So she really knows how to deal with people and horses. But um, she comes and she works with the ladies on the ground and just teaches them how to let the horse follow them and walk them around. And then on the last night, they do a performance by themselves in the, in the round pen with the, with their horse. Now, some women are a little bit shy and they don't want to do it by themselves. So they get the whole group and it's almost like the Supremes. <laughs> and one woman chose a uh, lady marmalade, you know, that old mm-hmm. song. And they, the, all five ladies were just out there dancing away. I mean, there's not a dry eye on the farm when you watch this. It's just loosening up, having a blast. And the horses are just, maybe they're wondering what the heck is going on, but they're all part, they're all in. I got to tell you, having gone through the cancer thing last year, uh, you're for everybody, no matter what, you're right. No matter what kind of cancer it is, it doesn't matter. You all have the same reaction. Yep. I mean, when you first hear the news, you know, all that stuff, you go through all of it and Probably the second or third thing is you feel like you're the only one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I belong to, actually, they got me involved in a men's group on Facebook. It's all men with cancer. And it's a completely different vibe, right? And you could just be who you are, you yep. know? And uh, that helped a lot. And so I can see why this is so helpful because you do feel alone, even though there's millions of others of people with cancer. Exactly. And the only way you can find our organization is that you have to seek us out. We don't advertise at all. And we also don't charge a penny. You know, you're dealing with cancer. You've got financial stress. Usually there's um, relationship stress as well. So they just want to get away. And they certainly don't need the burden to have to pay. So that's a wonderful bonus of our retreats is that they get to do that. But as I said last night when I was talking to you, um, we don't have any agenda at all. We're not religious. We don't have any goal at the end of our retreats. And as a matter of fact, I've got this little, um, well, it looks like a little basket weaving project that I had. And the reason why I'm showing it to you is one of the women that came to my retreat was a sixth grade art teacher. We had no idea what we were going to be doing at that retreat that night, the next day, or any of the days, but she pulls up in her little BMW convertible and she pulls out basket weave. She pulls out all the straw and yarn. And so that's what we did the first night is she taught us how to basket weave. probably had a great time. Yeah. And so this is my, you know. Oh, this that's is your my, creation? This, yeah. We need whole, a picture of that. And so I, of course, this is like, if, if I described it on your radio show, it's about the ugliest Little, you know, I have to be the fastest. I wasn't going to say that. No. You made it. <laughs> but like, I have to be the fat. It doesn't have to be perfect. I just have to be the first one done. So cool. there's my and and I keep but this by keep my this bed forever. Oh, this yep. this is by my bed. Yep. And this was a woman who actually came to my retreat twice. And the reason she came twice, well, is because you know sometimes there's just somebody that pulls at your heartstrings, and I just love this woman so much, and um. She left the retreat and she reached me, reached out to me about two years later and she said, I'm dying mm. and I'm scared. And I said, you have to come back to the retreat. And there, you can't because of our organization, you cannot come twice. So I made her official basket weaving instructor <laughs> <laughs> and she came and that those few days of being at my farm brought her so much peace and she was ready to go back and, 
and get herself prepared to die. And so she actually wrote to me and she said, I want you to be in my service and I want you to say something. My family needs to understand why it was so important for, you know, in these last few weeks that she had in her life, why was it so important that you came back to Chris's place? And so I wrote back to her and I said, I'll be there. Um, and she loved that I always like to dress nicely. I said, I'll be in all Chanel. <laughs> you know, and, and, and she, she had peace knowing that she was able to now plan her, her funeral. I'm going to wrap it up with this thought. You probably get more out of it than everybody else. Oh my gosh. Every time that the, the last woman leaves, I'm crying my eyes out because I'm just over, I'm just filled with joy and satisfaction. And I run to my retreat coordinator. I'm like, that was the best retreat we ever had. And she goes, Chris, you say Say that that every every time. time. (laughs) So. Well, having been through all of this, uh, I really appreciate that you're doing this. It's very important. And, you know, you know, and some of them go on and they recover and they're survivors, you know, and then some don't, you know, I'm I'm good friends with Lee who does the cancer podcast and it's one of the biggest cancer podcasts out there. And he had, he goes through all his emotions you do because he's, you know, supporting them. They're telling their story on his show. And a lot of times this is the first time they told their story in public. Yes. And everybody has a story. I believe that's why I started Horse Radio Network. I believe every horse person has a story. And here's your story. It's what you're doing. Yes, horses are part of that story, but it's what you're doing for others. That's the big part of that story. So thank you for doing that. Well, thank you so much for having me on. And I hope you love Aiken. I hope you love your oh, carriage beautiful. drive through oh, the town. Oh, it's beautiful. It is just beautiful. Yeah. With the live oak trees over the roads. I mean, it's just, yeah. this, can... is, this is a different, we've been to a lot. We've been to Norco, California. We've been to a lot of horsey towns. We've lived in a lot of horsey towns, but this one has its own charm. And it's because of the early 1920s houses and early 1900 houses and the trees and the growth and the flowers. I mean, it's just beautiful. Yeah, it's it's a it's really truly a lovely southern town. We pride ourselves that no one goes, no one walks into a store on a cell phone. You know, there's still that southern respect. It's charming. It is charming. Yeah, that's a perfect word. Actually, yeah, for it a, really is. Yeah. Well, thank you, Chris, for letting us stay in your yard. Well, come again, please do. <laughs> so, where can people learn about your organization? Well, you can go on www.womenbeyondcancer.org. And if there's one of the listeners that has cancer, can they reach out to you right now? Absolutely. Okay. Yep. They right, can They good. can go on, on that website and I will get right back to them. Sounds terrific. Thank you very much. Thanks so much. Well, again, thank you to Chris for putting up with us and tolerating us for a couple nights at our beautiful farm out she's there. She's a good, she's a good egg. Thank you for the referral. Yeah, Appreciate anytime. that. And she's so happy to have you. how do people find Aiken Saddlery? We um, are on Pine Log Road in Aiken, South Carolina. You can find us on the web, www.akinsaddlery.com. Now, you don't sell online, but if Not somebody yet. gets stuck finding something locally, they could call you. They can call us anytime, 803-649-6583. We're happy to ship. We're happy to help people get what they need. And if you come to Aiken, you have to stop by here. Yeah, we have a lot of fun. Just yeah. come, come by and see us at The employees least. are all great. They're all smiling. We have good music going happy. on. We have dis- disco dance for discounts some Fridays. So, And as Chris told you in that interview, uh, Amy is and her husband are big supporters of everything that happens here horse-wise. We try to town. support not, not only the horse community, but the whole community of, of Aiken. Well, 
Thank you for doing that. Thank you. And we, of course, will be coming to you again tomorrow with another new episode of Horses in the Morning and then on uh, the Endurance episode, and then which Jennifer pre-recorded last week with Karen. And then on Wednesday, we are heading next okay. tomorrow up to Southern Pines and staying with some driving friends up there. And we're going to be coming to you from the driving center up there in Southern Pines on Wednesday with some more interviews for you and some more. We're going to find out all about the other horsey area in this. This, uh, Southern region. Pines is a nice town. I've been there and been to the horse park to drive myself with my friend. So you guys have a lovely time up there. Yeah, Southern Pines is. We've been there once before and had a great time there. So we're looking forward to that as well, and we're looking forward to staying with Kitty. And for those that go oh, Kitty, that's an unusual name, but I've heard it before. Doctor Wendy and I have Kitty Cadwell on doing training tips every month on the driving show. So you have heard Kitty before. We're going to be parked at her place. We're going to go out and do some carriage driving there, and just touring Southern Pines and having a good time so on wednesday we'll be back from there as i did say we're doing video all along here it's going to be professionally edited into a travel video so it'll actually be good good, but i'm not editing it and hopefully the hopefully it'll be good we'll find out first time doing a travel video and as i said this is all practice uh you guys always like to hear uh what went wrong and we're going to give that to the auditors in the post is there going to be a blooper video Uh, (laughs) take outtakes we, we could have a blooper video there's no doubt about that but for now. Amy, thank you so much for filling in. Well, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Please come back and see us. We'll have to get your pickup truck full of hay for Jennifer to take home to your ponies. Uh, She's already been shopping. She's already been over to the checkout a couple times. Oh, behind your back while we were busy, right? All right. Hold on, auditors. We're going to come back with a little bit of a post-show. Okay, auditors, you made it to the post show. Remember, this can get a little, well, shitty. So it's not safe for work or the kiddos. Y'all have fun now. So, Amy, we do a post show for the auditors, and then you're allowed to say anything you want in the okay. show because it starts out saying this could get a little shitty in our bumper. So, <laughs> I was trying to behave myself. I was like, I'm yeah, not going to speak now until we're, spoken now we're to. Okay, these so are the super I can, fans. I can start shucking and diving yeah, on my own. <laughs> these are the super fans. So, we have learned a couple of lessons already traveling with the RV. One is it's only 22 feet, only, uh, which is small <laughs> for an RV. It's it's hard to find a small one, so uh, so it's a bed and his kitchen and has couch and everything and then it has a bathroom it has everything you need but you have to when you're trying to work from the road we're learning very quickly you have to put things away and I'm not good at that Jennifer's here you can jump Strapped in this down. is post show auditor uh, <laughs> so my my wait my question is who drives she drives most of the I way because I work too. usually I can't I cannot read or. Anything in yes. a car, so I can't work anyway. So, so might as well drive. Might as well drive. Yeah. And so, the best thing to do when you drive is listen to podcasts. Can I say? Can <laughs> I? Thank that's right. It's true. Thank you for that. Can I say that I worked mostly way through Georgia, and they had better cell service than we do in fucking Ocala, Ocala. Florida. <laughs> Slow Cala, as we call it at the horse shows, oh when God. you're trying to find your entries. You know, we were, I couldn't. Yeah. Sit, there was nothing but fields for miles, and I'm going. I have five bars out here. Flat. <laughs> I guess. Well, crazy. if you looked, if you watched carefully, hiding amongst the pine trees, there were cell the towers fake, everywhere. The fake pine trees. Could they yeah. please put them up in Ocala? Thank you very yeah. much. Hello, I we talk to we Mr. To Roberts front, about that yeah, one. We have to go on the front porch to talk on our cell phone, and we're not that far out of and town. Hold your arm out to the side and a, oh. yeah, and stand a, on one and foot. A, uh, yeah, 
so coat we, hanger we in the come other. driving up and uh, we we as auditors know they've been following along we've been posting a lot of things there and we we got to we got to Courtney and Alex's there Alex's farm there where Courtney was hanging out as well and uh, it's so much fun hanging out with auditors because they they know they are super fans they've been listening I'm a little they bummed though everything. why, why? Well, I'm a little bummed we weren't there long enough because I wanted to hang out and geek out with with Alex on her barn design because she's getting ready to build a barn. Oh, there's nothing more fun than barn designs. I know. I know. I was so bummed, but we just ran out of time. You have to well, record you have it to come it, back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to record it, put a horse step daily. There, there we go. go. That's that. a good idea. Yeah, record yeah. the whole conversation, yeah. put it out on horse step. She had all these great plans for the barn with the workout room and all the good stuff. It's always fun to see what people what their She's ideal really barn, thinking outside the know, box, which I thought like. was so exciting. Yeah, and everybody's treating us like celebrities. We've been fed more in three days. Yeah, uh, we're going to gain fifty pounds gonna, on a five week trip. You're going to need yeah. a training program. Yeah. For, yeah. We're going to need that RV. <laughs> we're going to need a forty foot RV just to fit us in it. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> the, we are double learn- wide. <laughs> we, are, we are learning in the RV. You have to put things away in the same place every time, and you have to put them away and strap it down, or right? it gets and then strap it down. And strap yeah. it down. We didn't have a disaster on coming up. Everything kind of stayed in place. So it's the longest trip we've taken with the RV. And it hauled nice. It, it hauled nice, well. Yeah. Yeah. This was yeah. relatively we, flat. we know we packed certain things, but we haven't been able to find, find it yet. yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, what we need to do is put sticky notes on the, all of the cabinet doors so we know what's inside we there. Because, labelers. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. the cabinets are so jammed full of stuff, you have to take everything out to find what's in there. Yeah. So we learned something Good else, Good thing there's too. dollar stores. <laughs> Thank goodness. When, yeah. With an RV, and this is people with living quarters trailers have this problem too you can't run the air conditioner on 110 line you have to have 30 amp power to run the air conditioner Uh so you can run almost everything else plugged in to a normal outlet which we've been plugging into normal outlets of people's farms uh but we can't run the air conditioner so we bought a generator put it in the back of the truck and we figured we could run the generator real quiet one off the and run the Air conditioner, air conditioner that way need, and it's been you hot definitely need air conditioning it's been hot and what we discovered though is you're what we didn't know is that you shouldn't have a generator out in the rain oh so oops, it rained oops, every night we've been here so yes. it was a little warm in the camper um and we immediately went on amazon and ordered a rain cover for the generator which is now being shipped to our next stop in i was Southern gonna Fox. say should we expect it any day do you get to stay another yes. day yes. <laughs> the, the hiker the through hikers have a name for that when you have stuff shipped to your next yes. destination yes. yeah I, don't, I forget what it's called but we are we did that and so we're learning on this test trip what's the test trip for also the first time we did an interview with alex and courtney and their farm uh i had it set up we had a wrong. setting wrong I, yeah. we had brand new equipment this no, we, is all no, brand we hit the button but it was there was one setting that was off. Yeah. yeah, and it's all new equipment for us because we and it's tiny. I'm looking now. at a table full of wires and yeah, silver things. But look at the mixer. It's about it the size tiny. of the, what the, the mixer we use. It's not like the dead shows with the soundboard. Yeah. Oh, we the had mics that everywhere. when we first traveled. Yeah, yeah. We, used, we used to have two tack trunks full of stuff. Oh full of equipment, and oh, now yeah. it's and in a backpack. Heavy. Yeah. yeah, that's great. I the te- modern technology. Maybe six inches long, and it's four mics, four it's headsets. Like a, it's like a calculator. Yeah, it's about calculator size. And your phone, really, it's sitting right next to your phone. And the cool thing is we're doing this right now without power of any kind. We're not plugged in. So, you know, we can do the whole setup. We do have power at Aiken Saddlery. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but we're practicing again. You just chose again. not to use it. Yeah, we're practicing for this for this road trip where we'll be in barns where we won't have power. And, That's right. great. You know, so yeah. it's working. 
And, uh, you know, we got the interview. You heard, you heard the interview. Uh, it managed to come through. I always do backups. But, uh, See? yeah, we learned that a long time ago, yeah, too. Yeah, always do the backup. Yeah. And sometimes we have a backup of a, of a backup. backup. Yeah. The backup for the backup for yes, the backup. Yes, we do. Yeah, right. we learned that lesson. After well, losing now, when you're on a racing stable, you have your racing box, and you never steal out of your racing box. See? Ever. Exactly. Exactly. You, there's one place you can use, like, when I need, oops, up, don't tap on the table. Um, when you need something, there's one place you can find it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, never steal from your racing box. And don't ever tell anybody you have it there because they'll take it. It'll be gone. Yeah. <laughs> so now I can ask Sticky this in the, in the auditor one. What's the thing you hate about being a tax shop owner? Because this is only goes out to them. This Grumpy is people. Yeah. We always said if if all we had to deal with with the horses in the horse world and not the people, it'd be great. I'd give me the barn full of... I, I'll take 22-year-old chestnut thoroughbred fillies any day, sometimes, <laughs> over some of the people. And, I, you know, honestly, a lot of the times, it's what's Again, going it's on that in 5%. Life, It's but, that 5%. It's that 5%. 95% are great. And just, yeah. well, just it's, yeah, it's, difficult. It's that two-way street. You yes. don't know what's going on in their life. We no, never had grumpy people when we had our tax yeah. show. I bet you didn't. I bet you never had we one. We never had one. Not one. Ever. None of them. But. <laughs> it's true. But all of these people do lessons and things, and they all say the same thing. We just do the horses and forget. It would be. Yep. <laughs> Next time I want to be grumpy, I have to remember that. Don't be that There you person. go. And Try not to. You know, it always seemed at the boarding stable. We had, it was always everybody but one. There's one, the bad that, egg of the yeah, group. Yeah, there was always one, and you'd get rid of the bad egg, and for some reason there was another one. It just always worked that way. I don't know. It just we We kind of is. have, there's, there's kind of people that a certain customer comes in, and the girls, we all kind of shuffle. I saw the black book kind of behind the sh- camera. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the alphabetized book with the names in it. Yeah. Yeah. And but it's kind of funny. We kind of had one of those, that, by the way. That and you, it, if, if you work somewhere... He's like, you know, I don't know of a grumpy person where I work or I go to the gym. Keep or... that job forever. No. <laughs> yes, like, but maybe you're the person. Oh, maybe you're, you're the, the grumpy person. person. You don't know oh, there's always one. <laughs> it's true. My grumpy might not be your grumpy. Yeah. See, that's a good point. You're right. Right? That like, you know, There was always one horse that the, when I worked at the track. There was always that one that was tough, whether it was a colt and he wasn't cut or it was a filly and she was nervous or they were spooky. And you'd, you'd be like, oh, shit, I got to get on the chestnut bitch again I got to get on her and then you'd get on and she'd go she'd gallop and you didn't fall off or get dropped or anything and then you'd come back and be like whoo it's over and then you're like shit I got to get on her tomorrow <laughs> you know so it's got to do it again yep got to do it again all over again but I had a great time at the racetrack so it was lots of good memories there Thanks for Thank this. you guys for we coming. Really appreciate so it. much fun. All right, we'll see you all uh, tomorrow. Bye, Jennifer and Karen are going to be here. Land. And then we'll see you all from Southern Pines on if we make it up to Southern Pines on oh, we'll make it. Wednesday. We might be late. I might another. hijack them. They might have to stay naked for another day or two. We're having too much fun. Congratulations. <laughs> you made it through another post show. Thank you for all your support. Now, go ride your horse.